What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up guys? Recently I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow! The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to professional dancer and choreographer and teacher, Jared Hagerman. Uh, I have such a great chat with Jared. We talk a bit about uh, his introduction to dance, and then basically we just talk about his journey and his career. Uh, it's really, really lovely to catch up with him. At the beginning, we talk a little bit about cycling because over the summer, I really got into cycling and he's into cycling, so I do apologize for that, but it was more of a catch up. I hope you enjoy. Here is the incredible Jared Hagerman. Can you hear me well? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm good. I don't have any um my my earphones in, but just see if this works. This is perfect. Sweet. Can you hear me well? I can hear you well, yes, very then, well. Then we're in. It's very lovely to see you. You too, mate. I feel like all I never get to really see your face. I always see the side of your head in an Instagram clip working on a job. Or I see your feet on a bike. <laughs> yeah, my feet or legs. Yeah. Although I haven't seen it in a while. And then I saw you went out on your bike yesterday and I had such envy. I haven't been out since, well, since the world kind of yeah, started me, going normal. Me too. I think the last time I was out, I checked on my Strava was like the 20th of August or something like yeah, that. Yeah, mine was around then too. Yeah. And then yesterday, the weather was so nice here. I was like, I've just got to go. So I've been like, I don't want to go out in the cold. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not like a, I'm not enthusiastic enough yet for that. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not. You know, hot, yeah, I'm not an actual cyclist. I'm just a, a poser cyclist. At the yeah, the, uh, I go out with Georgia's dad and his mates, and they're all like 50s, 60s, and they've got all the gear, you know. And they go out in the rain. They go out in the winter, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, no. I, I'm, I, I'm good. I'm just a, I'm a poser essentially. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go out when the sun's like. out and enjoy it. But I've not been really cycling since going back to normal because I, like, even on my days off, I'm like, the last thing my body needs right now is more cardio. Yeah, and actually, to be fair, I've I've been suffering with a bit of a neck injury for like the last, I'm going to say about two months now. It's been a long time. Like the end of August, I did something and then made it really bad um, the start of October. And I've had like osteopaths, physios. And anyway, it started to get better this week. And then yesterday, just that riding position, as soon as I got off, I was like... Yeah, it took so, me... today it's it's just seized up again i'm like oh it really took me a while to get used to that head position whilst riding like because you know essentially you're aiming to be in a flat back yeah (laughs) nowhere near it but but, and we're looking up at the sky and like yeah you just you just it's just like that in it it's It's just so unnatural for what we do on a day-to-day basis like the correlation makes zero sense Mm. it was just like uh, for the first like probably eight rides i was like every time like my neck would be the sorest thing and even my like my rear delts Mm. I'm like stretching forward like then it was just super uncomfortable position for me yeah because I'm I'm struggling to stop my shoulders going back mm-hmm. it's trying to keep them forward and relax that I, I have to keep correcting myself at like all the time yeah because it's not a position that we naturally go to you no, know it's not a, a natural position for anyone so yeah In, unless you're a cyclist unless you're a cyclist <laughs> and that's yeah. all you know oh mate it's so good to speak to you um you've been a very busy boy you're probably one of the most working people since lockdown opened congratulations as the world been on pause <laughs> am i <laughs> i don't know i thought i thought you've been pretty busy you've been teaching a I, lot i teach yeah like thank god i've got teaching because if i didn't i it i'd be struggling a little bit i had one um quite big gig like job that I did which which was pretty much throughout September Mm -hmm. which I was very lucky to have uh but then since then there's not really been much to be honest just it's just just been the teaching but yeah that that one job in September definitely um cushioned the was that the job the job yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that the secret job that no one talks about yeah we're still yeah we're, we're ndas we're, we we can't we can't yeah. talk about it which is stupid because the the show are posting about it but we're still under uh nda yeah thing so unless unless i get the go-ahead from dancers inc can i say what it was yet no. yeah no okay <laughs> uh, soon to be soon to be seen on the screen soon to be seen you. soon to be seen Mate, how are you finding uh, teaching life? Because have you always taught a lot? Do you know what? I've, I've taught on and off for like probably about 11 years now. Mm. Um, so, uh, so quite a while. But I only really st- became like, um, like a faculty member at a college, I think, in 2017. And then it was last year I took on a second teaching day so then I was teaching two days a week at dance colleges and then since lockdown I then got my um my open class at the hub mm-hmm. and then I because of the work situation 
I asked if addicts had a, an extra day and they, yeah. they gave me an extra day. So now I'm like teaching four days a week and it's yeah. relentless. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different beast than being in rehearsal. Right. Like, or, or learning. That's why I say yeah. to everyone, like people go, Oh, teaching, you know? And I'm like, yo, it, honestly, it's for me, for me, it's my favorite thing to do, but it's also the most grueling. Oh, it's, Especially like, with college days. College days are long days. Yeah, because I feel like... Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you go, you go. No, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Because you can say you teach, say, but you teach like an hour and a half class at base or the hub or somewhere like that. And that's you teaching and that's like, great, you can go full out for that hour and a half. But if you're teaching at a college and you're doing nine... My day at um, Addict at the moment is nine till 6.30. Mm-hmm. And that's like... It's just, yeah, and it's like, say, doing that one class that you teach at at your open class at base or or the hub or wherever it is you teach, but doing that for like nine hours. Yeah. It's all about pacing yourself. I, I I used to just go in and cover quite a lot at Wilkes and or wherever I taught. You know, I'd go and teach for like a couple of hours or wherever and i'd always be like special occasion like i'm gonna go in i'm gonna all day gonna give it my all and obviously now i give it my all but it's a very different energy of giving it your all because now i'm there three days a week and then like a friday is what eight till six something like that Mm -hmm. like it's ridiculous like seven classes and you know essentially by the time i've done two if i do it how i would do my class at base or i'm I'm like this hanging on from a thread because it's a output isn't it trying to like when you're just in rehearsals and learning you're only thinking about you your, your only concern is like yourself and what you're absorbing whereas when you've got to think about what you're giving to a different mm-hmm. 20 humans every hour and 15 minutes or whatever it's so uh exhausting it is yeah you've got to, you've got to really like learn how to pace yourself exactly mm-hmm. as you said because the same thing was for me when i first started teaching and it was I'd go in and cover like I'd go in and cover like David Layton's days at Bird College which was like again and and like I was younger then so I was obviously uh, and and still a bit more dance fit I'm not as dance fit anymore because I don't really you know do those jobs but um so it was fine but still by the end of the day I'd be like like there'd be nothing and I'd be limping to my car yeah I'm like god how could you do that like you know, those teachers at the colleges, they're there all week. Mm. Like, how could you do that and sustain that and without your body just giving up on you? So, yeah, yeah it's totally like you do learn, don't you? Yeah, I feel like I'm really trying to find the balance of uh, not being the teacher which doesn't show you anything and talks the whole time and not being the person that doesn't speak and just shows you the whole time because my body can't sustain just being able to demonstrate every single thing. So it's yeah. trying to find the balance of the two of like, explaining what stuff is meant to look like or feel like yeah. and then being able to demonstrate it when i really need to yes. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah 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 and then i'm just gonna mark every other time and please don't anyone say what's that step again because i don't actually think i could do it again yeah and every yeah. time i do like I, I for some reason i love going to the floor i love i love a bit of a knee like and i don't know why because I, I know people suck at it and i'm really good at it so i feel like that's why i gravitate towards it because i know people go you know you made that look easy yeah well you, uh, you've got that a, a bit of that like b-boy like um, yeah let's let's not over compliment me though like it's just a few well you know, you know you, but, you, 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 but for, you, for the untrained very, eye yeah, yeah they would think that <laughs> from a from a commercial dancer perspective oh a hundred percent but to yeah. the b-boy 
perspective they're thinking that is garbage yeah but so i always kind of gravitate towards that because i know no one really does it and then three classes in my brain's going why the fuck did mm. i do you know mm. like why did i choose this yeah. today <laughs> yeah well, my, my day at masters now, when I teach there is like with the first and second years, I only do technique work. So mm-hmm. actually that's like a saving grace for my body, because if you're ever stuck, if you're, if you're ever thinking, I don't know how I can get through a day, just do corner work, yeah. like do lots of corner work. Cause then, <laughs> you know, so that saves me. But when I teach at addict, it's, um, it's mainly routine based for every class. So it, like you say, it's just, yeah. I do my own variation of corner work. I do like drills, like house or hip hop drills. Like, yeah. like my basics yeah. of different stuff. Cause I ain't giving no one a step, step, turn, turn, but, um, <laughs> or a kick. That's, yeah, can... that's, but that's my, that's my like <laughs> go-to. That's my like security blanket. Okay. Turns down the room. Yeah. <sighs> in twos kill some time yeah 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 i'll take a good three songs for everyone to get through it twice yeah oh that's funny um so bro take me like to the your like introduction into dance um so i started dancing when i was nine um and it was basically i i was very sporty when i was younger i played football on a saturday and rugby on a sunday Mm. and my younger sister just we just like had not long moved to Leicester and um my younger sister started this dance class and um I went to see her in the dance show and it was great and and all of that and they were they were asking me if I wanted to start dancing but it was on a Saturday and I was like well I play football on a Saturday so I don't think I can do it anyway then one of my rugby teammates somehow danced at the same dance school and he was like you should come along and then basically sort of I got you know a little bit of courage to go and just I gave up the football because I could still do that at school and yeah. then started dancing and um yeah it just started from there really so I think it was no, I was nine years old and then when I realized I wanted to not necessarily dance but like perform mm-hmm. um I think I was about 13 yeah that's and that's when i realized i wanted to take it seriously because that's quite young it is young yeah like for a for a guy back then you know for a girl it doesn't feel young yeah but for a guy at that time when dance wasn't really you know it wasn't seen men doing dance it wasn't something that happened no no and then yeah exactly and then i went to I basically, then there was a big advertisement in the the Leicester Mercury newspaper and they were doing Oliver Twist at the, the theatre over the Christmas period. And uh, my mum and dad and my dance teacher just thought it would be good to send like everyone to just audition, but not even like with any any hope of getting it or, or whatever just to be in this production because it was a prof- you know it was a professional production and mm. everything and then somehow somehow I actually got the part of Oliver wow um, yeah so so I went from and then I was like okay I really want to do this performing thing now so that I was 13 and then after that the guy that played Dodger um, opposite me he was like oh, I'm going to audition for Sylvia Young Theatre School now you should come along. And again, it was another one of those things that I was like, 
Yeah, I'll go along. Like his mum was an acting teacher, so she was well, like, well versed in like what he needs to know. I guess what he needs to know, and and but just knew about theatre schools and stuff like that. Whereas my family had no like background in the the arts at all. Um, and then yeah, so then I just went with him, and then somehow again it was like ended up getting a scholarship for Sylvia Young, and it was all just like. And then I just went to Sylvie Young when I was 14 to 16. And then that was it really. And then after that, I went home for a year um, and then went to dance college when I was 17. What was it like, uh, I guess, at the age of nine, I think you said, like quitting football to go and dance? Did you get stick? Um, looking back on it, I never actually got teased or anything like that because... I still played for the school teams mm. and like all, all my mates were like the sporty kids, obviously, because I was in the football team and rugby team. So they were all just like, it was all just, oh, my nickname was jazz back then. And that's not because I danced at all. Um, Actually, you know, do you, I feel like, did you know me as jazz ever? No. Um, yeah. So they're like our oh, jazz dances but that's cool like every now and then they'd tease a little bit but they all fancied the girls that i danced with yeah of course who were in the same school you know so it was yeah. all it was and they're like oh how do you talk to her and i was like why are they your friend yeah so that's anyway. dope then what was it like going to sylvia's at 14 uh, I'm, ass I'm assuming you're going there with the end goal being i'm going to do this as a profession yes yeah that was that was really scary because I was quite, um, I was quite, uh, what's the word? Not mollycoddled, but I was quite um, innocent to the world uh, when I was young, you know. Um, and then I went to London and lived with this family. I lived with the family for the first six months I was there that had a lad that was in my year at the school. Um, and that he lived in, um, where did he live? Hornchurch in Essex and then the school was in Marleybone so it was like an hour and a half to school and back every day so I've gone from well like, stayed in Leicester yeah I've gone from like skating getting on my skates and skating to school to then getting on a train another train tube tube and then walking and I was 14 and I was like I was a young small 14 as well mm. so that was scary but um you sort of you know, when you're, when you're put in those situations, you just adapt to it quick, don't you? Like, there's no option. Yeah. Like, you'll know, being from Wales, like, it's quite, you know, it's quite like a family, everyone knows everyone. And yeah, then for like, sure. you go out of that and it's, you think, oh, God, I, can I? Yeah. When I first went, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But then it just, you know. Mm. Just... What, was the, what was the experience like at school? What, like, what was the balance between... I think Jonathan Bishop told me, I think he said that he did like two days dance or three days dance and then the rest of the week. Yeah, so we right? do, uh, there you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for academic work. And then Thursday and Friday is your vocational. So drama, singing and, and dance. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, like I loved it there, but I was totally not a Sylvie Young type. Like yeah. I was still very shy. Um, I could just dance well. And even though I played Oliver, um, I then got thrown into like a class with people that were like 
all singing, all acting, had been on Grange Hill, had done like The Queen's Nose, all of these like TV shows that we'll remember. But yeah, of course. The Queen, yeah. The Queen's Nose was the yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. You know, Queen's Nose, Demon Headmaster, all yeah. of the good stuff. Every time I got a 50p, I rubbed it just in case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then I, so, and then I get into class and like, I'm seeing kids that I've seen on TV. So I was actually really like, not intimidated, but it made me go, ooh. And I was a little bit starstruck by like my classmates. It was weird, but I loved it. Um, I loved it, yeah. I've just, I've, I've only got good memories of it. So then before that, obviously you did Oliver. The Leicester Haymarket Theatre. Yeah. yeah, and had you done that with no acting experience? Yeah. What was that like? Here's a script. Off you go <laughs> with no yeah. experience. It was, it, for some reason, because I didn't know any different, I wasn't, it, that didn't scare me. Yeah. Like yeah. You, I just, I just did it. I just threw myself into it. It was like that. I, I was I, like, even though I was shy when it came to like performing, whether it be like in sport or then on stage, I, I didn't have any like um, inhibitions. I just did it. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever found, but I think, have you done theatre? Or like, uh, did you ever have to sing, like any singing auditions ever? Or have you? Never as, well, a few as an adult, but not many. But as a kid, I was in Madam Butterfly when I was like six or seven. Okay. And, and the same thing, like no fear whatsoever. Yeah. I had no reference. I yeah, exactly. I had no reference. And I had no, um, there was no weight on my shoulders that I had to be good because no one I didn't know what good was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And exactly. cuz I was and probably the same as you cuz we were we were children essentially, well we were. There was no one going that's crap, do it again. Yeah. You know, everything was about how I felt. Everything yeah. was going, good job mate. Now maybe try and do it like this. Or like, yeah. you know, it was such a nice way of being spoke to whereas now as adults I feel like we we have a fear of getting told that we're crap. Yes. Because it will yeah. be put in those words <laughs> like yeah and 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 because now because we've like we've done stuff and we've established ourselves we've got that ego that goes with it as well like i don't yeah. want to think anything that i do is bad um but yeah so i had that when i was when i was a kid and i always found that performing like on stage like in lights where you can't see but there's an audience i was n i was not nervous whereas then when i was going to audition for Sylvie Young and I had to sing in front of like 10 people and I could see them all I was like that do you know what yeah. I mean so it was that like actually performing on a larger scale it, the nerves just weren't there I don't know yeah, why I feel you because I feel like when you're in a larger scale it's harder to see the reactions of people you mm -hmm. know yeah it's not so intimate and it's the same thing for me like I'd rather dance in front of 150,000 strangers mm -hmm. than 20 of my mates. Yes, 100%. You know what I mean? Well, especially our mates, Jesus Christ. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the mm. thing is because you can, there's an instant engagement and you mm. can, you can see who can see you essentially. Yeah. You know? So when you, at Sylvia's, did you have to sing and act in your audition for that at 14? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, I bet that was delightful. Yeah, and it was the first time like I had to I had to prepare a monologue and um 
I didn't even know what that word meant. Like, and I said to my mum, I was like, oh, I've got to prepare a monologue. And they were like, okay. But like, we, we had no knowledge of anything like that. But luckily, the, my mate Tom, who was Dodger, who told me about the audition and I then went with him, his mum was an acting teacher. So she, she, like, so, she, so she helped me with my monologue. And then my song, I, I think I just sung Where Is Love? Like, Brilliant. which is ob an obvious choice. Mm -hmm. And my voice didn't break till I was like 16 years old. So I could still sing it. Yeah, that's dope. And then, so what happened after Sylvia's? You're there till 16, right? I'm there till 16. You do your GCSEs there. Did you get GCSEs? I did, yeah. Well done. Yeah. You don't do as many there. So I only did eight GCSEs, but I got all eight A to C. So I was happy. And Mate, if I'd have, if I'd have gone, if I'd have gone to like the the follow on school in Leicester, I no way would have got those grades. Do you know, because with Sylvia's, because it's kind of like, this is how I imagine it. Because I never experienced that. I went to a really rough public school, um, which they didn't really care about your grades. They just cared that you weren't gonna end up in prison when you leave or you right. weren't causing trouble you know what i mean i was definitely not educated like i wasn't the clever kid but i was the nice kid so yeah. therefore the teachers loved me you know as opposed mm. to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The clever and and that was enough they were happy with that they were like let him do his thing if he gets if he passes them it's a win like yeah. otherwise he's just a nice kid he's learned good skills life skills um but because you're in a private school essentially mm. yeah uh do you think that they really nurtured your education as well you know kind of like you see on like i don't know if you've watched like last chance you where it's yes. like yeah, like, yeah and you know yeah. how they kind of help they yeah. really help them get their grades so they can go on to do what they actually want to do was sylvia's quite similar to that 100 percent, because there was there was i want to say 20 if that people in my whole year at sylvia's this was back then so the, the, it, the school was small mm. um yeah, so you, I got like one to one, like during lessons of like, because I, um, like you just said, I was not academic smart at all. Like I was, re I was really not. I would have, I would have probably failed quite a lot of exams had I gone to the school in, in Leicester where I'm from. But yeah, they were they were amazing. They were they were really good. And like you would think that oh, only doing academics Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be a hindrance, but actually. The one-to-one -one sort of, um, you know, and they cared about you. And because it was such a small school, they cared about you as well. Like, mm. yeah, it was definitely. If, but I, I also think because it was only three days, you're probably more invested in it because it's only three days. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it's not not, not, oh. you're not getting to Thursday and thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, like I'm over this. Mm. Yeah, you, you you probably get to Wednesday and go. Just got to get through today, and tomorrow's fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're totally right. It was, it is that, yeah, because you know Wednesday is usually Groundhog Day, isn't it? And then mm. you're like, oh, I've got two more, but yeah, Wednesday was like the end of the week, really, and then Thursday, Friday was was fun. Yeah, like I reckon that would be a game changer because I, I always believe less time, but more intense is better. Because yeah. it's our concentration essentially which fails us first, right? Totally. And you don't yeah, and, and that concentration you don't is it goes up until you're like eighteen, twenty one, doesn't it? It's like yeah. at sixteen, you're still you're not a 
you're an adult, but you're not really, are you? Like, no. you still have that brain wandering. So, yeah, until about 29 it. before I became an adult. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, I agree. Well, as that adult, I still don't know what that is yet. No. Still, still at my parents' house, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't want to know what that is. Um, <laughs> so, after Sylvia's, yeah. you got your GCSEs. Did you go on to further dance education? Yes, I did, but I went home for a year. Um, Cause like I just said, like my voice hadn't broken till I was like late 16. I was like really small, young for my age. So when I was 16, I was actually still like five foot. Wow. Like five foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and That's then, wow happened. Yeah. And then like to the point where, you know, when I was young, like they took me to the doctor to see if I did have like growth issues or anything like that. And then I went home and I worked in a factory um, for a year and then just grew. I like, I went home with the premise of always. I hope you were, you were in stacking shelves. That's no, mate, I was on what they call the finishing. So it was like, it was a printing company. Um, so back then when you had um, shops like Blockbuster and, you know, and like you see the stands that held, the, like yeah. it was all, like they made the stands so it, it was all sorts of weird stuff that i did like but yeah for three pound fifty an hour i work monday to friday 7 a.m till 4 and i think i got 120 pound a week what? saved up for like <laughs> over like 12 weeks and bought myself a moped and then thought i was amazing <laughs> i was rich but yeah that's what i did 16 to 17. So then what made you decide to go on to back to training? Back, going back to training was always the thing. I auditioned for the colleges when I was still at Sylvia's and I got into, um, I got into them, but I like, I was still so young and small and like my parents were like, maybe you should just come home for a year. I think they just wanted me to come home for a year, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Which was good because you know, then I would have left home at 14 and sort of just left home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, came home for a year with the intention of always then going to dance college. Um, and then, yeah. Were you still five foot when you went back? No, I was, I think I was five foot seven when I oh, went to dance college. That's a win. And, uh, that was a good gap year. Yeah, I know. I know. Because uh, I guess your perception of how you would have been seen if you'd gone the year before, it would have been totally different to how you were seen yeah. then. Yeah, totally. 100%. And then at college, I went from 5'7 to 5'11 over the three years. Jeez. Yeah, lots of growing pains. Yeah, I bet. Achy yeah. pains and growing pains at the same time. What college were you, did you go to? Bird. Bird. Mm. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Loved it. That's dope. And it makes sense why you teach there as well. That's a win. I don't actually teach there now, oh, but I covered there a while back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the experience like at Bird having experienced Sylvia's? Um, you already had a taste of what training was like. Yeah. I guess it's very different because of the intensity of it. Oh, God, yeah. There, there was no comparison in, in a dance level. Like, really? if, like, not saying that the dance training was bad at Sylvia Young, but Sylvia Young wasn't, it was a theatre school. So, you know. And the people that you hear of from Sylvia Young are singers. Actors and actors. are singers, yeah. Um, 
whereas obviously Bird is a dance college and it was just, yeah, it, it was intense. It was intense. Mm. Yeah. And then leaving there, did you have an idea of what lane you were going to go down? Did you want to do commercial or did you want to do musical theatre? Because I feel like a lot of people go in with no idea. You know, they just, yeah. just want to perform. I wanted to do everything but commercial to me when I was at college wasn't even accessible like I didn't even know how I would get close to being able to do that stuff like when I was my first first and second year at college I had one commercial class the whole first and second year That's this is what I tell to my students now that are like want to do commercial want to do commercial I'm like you guys don't <laughs> <laughs> don't know how much you get like well that's that's all most people get now you know that's the i i, I believe people get more of that than anything else yeah yeah they do. essentially that's where majority of the work is yeah so yeah i i wanted um i wanted to do musical theater but it was um yeah it was I, I wanted to I wanted to do everything, but I just didn't know. I wanted to do Matthew Bourne's company as well, but I didn't know how I'd get into that. And I wanted to do commercial, I didn't know how I'd get into that. So musical theatre seemed the the first and most obvious route because that's what I was getting auditions for. Like my agent, that's what they were getting me auditions yeah. for. So yeah. So I went into musical theatre. Well, I actually did a cruise ship straight after college and then musical theatre straight after that. Did you enjoy the cruise? Looking back now, it was amazing. I I can't say I enjoyed it at the time because I was just constantly thinking, oh, what am I missing out on back home? Yeah. But I wish now looking back, I'd I that's what I would have said to myself, just really enjoy the traveling and the traveling and the shows were good. Like some of the dance, like the choreographers that work on cruise ships now are amazing. Cruise ships um, now are dope. Like when I was in college and probably the same as you, I was sold that cruise ships was failing essentially. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah exactly. Same, same for me, which is why it, I didn't, it, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But then um, I can't remember who it was. Was just like it's one contract. If you if if you think you're better than that, just do one contract. But you're going to get to see the world and save money. And I was like, you know. And after college, it's different now because lads leave college with muscles and everything whereas when i left college i was like i was fat, fat. i was and just gaunt pale like so malnourished um and yeah so i was like go away but yeah exactly it was it was a frowned upon thing wasn't it it's if yeah. you don't get a, a west end job well and that's what it was if you don't get a west end job you fail and do a cruise ship yeah that's so that's what sold. I did. I failed and did a cruise ship for my first job, yeah. And then what was the journey like after that? How did you get into, like, did you go straight into West End from there, you said? Um, so after that, one of the choreographers from my cruise ship, she um, is a, was a big LA choreographer. Her name's Liz Imperio. Yes, Liz. Towards, you know Liz Imperio? Yeah. So towards the end of that contract, she called me and was like, would you like to be in my company? We've got a couple of shows coming up. Um, it's not a long contract. It's just July and August. And I was like, yes. So then my contract ended in June on the ship. 
and then July I flew to LA mm -hmm. and danced in her company with some ridiculous dancers um, till August. Met a couple of people over there, which then have sort of, without realizing, have like totally guided my career since then. Like, you know how everything just does that? Yeah. Like, which we'll get on to later. But yeah, met a couple of people out there through being in that company and then um, came back. And then um, before, I, before I went on the cruise ship, I got down to the last round for Wicked. Didn't get it. Went to um, Adam Murray, who was mm -hmm. then, do you know of Adam Murray, who is, yeah. is now the choreographer of Rocket Man. Anyway, uh, but then because I got down to that last round, my agent was like, "They want to see you again for the new cast and and whatnot." And then I did it, and then luckily got Wicked as soon as I got back. So uh, that was like September. What what role were you in Wicked? I was a ensemble. swing. Oh, sick! Swing, swing. straight out. Yeah. A hard job from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Stress. Especially for that show, because the transitions are a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, as yeah. I always used to think watching that, I'd be like, oh, that spacing's a hard one to learn. Yeah, it, yeah. And when I went into the show, it was only me and one of the girls, but basically Wicked realised that they needed two extra swings in the show, which was then me and another girl. So we, we um, learnt the show with just us two and the dance captain, Adam, and his assistant in the studio. So mm. that's how I learned the show. So then, and that's actually, so I hadn't gone, my first show when I was actually on was the first time that I'd done it with people around me. So it was, I was literally like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> there was never someone by the before. Watch, huh? There was never someone by there before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was literally just like getting just pulled right, left and centre like throughout the show. But it was, you know, it went really well. That's dope. Thrown in the deep end from the get-go. Yeah. You know? So how long did you do Wicked? One contract? One contract, but because I was in there later, it was a short contract. So I, I did it for uh, eight months. Did you not have the desire to continue doing no stuff? I did, I did, but if shorter contracts came up. Yeah, because that was always my thing. I never really liked musicals, but I was always like, I would be willing to try one if it wasn't for an entire year. Yeah. Or 18 months. It was yeah. just such a long period of time. And I'd always think about the amount of work I would do in that phase as a commercial dancer, in air quotes. Mm -hmm. Um, the amount of opportunities that you'd get in that time, you know, I'd fill a res, I could fill my CV in that time. Yeah. Where I'd only do one. And at the time, you know, when they were 20 or whatever, like money wasn't on my brain. I wasn't thinking how much I'm going to earn or how much no. I'm going to save. I was thinking what, what I'm going to get to experience. Yeah, exactly. You're not thinking about getting that house when you're that age, are you? No, I was yeah. trying to get the most optimal amount of experience possible in yeah. the shortest amount of time. Yeah, totally. And because, because I was still like, like a performer but i was still a dancer like that's what i was i was a dancer there's i can maybe name two or three musicals that fulfill you as a dancer mm -hmm. and i was like that's you know yeah it's not enough it's not enough especially and you know 
me being a swinging wicket, I was on half of the year. So then half of it, I wasn't doing anything. So you weren't even like, getting to perform, essentially. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I knew that I knew that from doing that musical that musicals weren't for me unless it was a shorter contract. And luckily, I did do like a couple of sort of musicals that were shorter contracts that were great, you know. Mm. So then what, what, what took you into the commercial world? How did that happen? Because that's, that's everyone's big question, right? Like, how do I get into the commercial industry? And I, yeah. f- I always feel like there's not a formula. Like, there's no magic there answer. Uh, Everyone's is different. And I, I, like, trickled in in, like, phases. Mm-hmm. So after that, I did – I somehow worked in Matthew Bourne's company. Um, and Goal I was, achieved. I was Yeah, I basically said to my agent, I want to dance – for his company, get me an audition. He did, and then it happened. That's epic. Um, I was very good. back then. I was very good at like throwing things out there. Like with my dance career, I was like not afraid to like say it, and then it happened. Whereas now, getting more sort of choreography, I'm a little bit like, yeah, oh, I don't want to say that. That's what I'm going to do. Anyway, um, I, I worked with Aaron Sillis, who mm-hmm. you know. Genius. Anyone that knows anyone in the commercial, he was like, big deal. Yeah. He was the, he was the transition of commercial and kind of... Yeah, he did everything. Temporary, you know, he was, yeah. our, he was our, uh, our hybrid. Yes, exactly. And I was like, I, I basically said to him, I was like, I want to be like you. I was like, I want a career like you. Um, just no shame. Yeah, no, <laughs> First time working with him. We knew each other because he was bird trained as well. But like, obviously we were there at different times and I'd met him a couple of times before and he was, you know, always really nice to me. So I, I, so he was sort of like, um, like someone that I really looked up to when I was in the younger stages of my career. And I basically said, I, I want to do what you do. And then he, uh, he introduced me to a couple of people and then, got me to audition for a couple of people and then it sort of happened like that but my first commercial job somehow was actually a tour it was x-factor tour i know gangster Um, i was just back from a job and david layton called me up from bpm when bpm Mm. was uh around this must have been what 2010 2009 2009 yeah, around then, because that's when I started and BPM still existed. Yeah, so it was two. Th- it was yeah, it was two thousand nine. It was January two thousand nine, and uh, he was like, "Got an audition for X Factor tour if you want to do it." And I wasn't even on BPM's books back then, but David taught me in my third year at Bird, um, and you know. Back then, I was like emailing, like, "Hi, if you know anything, you know, <laughs> I'm freeing around and all of that." Every week. Yeah, 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 exactly. Every week. So, so I think he must have been like, oh, "For God's sake, okay, there's this audition." And then um, the choreographer of it was Stacey Haynes, who is not in the commercial world. She does more musical theatre, but um, she did a few of the TV shows way back when. Like, I think it was like Fame Academy. Oh, wow. Or a couple of those, you know, like those TV shows, like... um, Yeah. uh, And Aaron Renfrey took the dance audition. Sick. Um, Yeah, when he was like... He must have only been about... Must have been about 18, 19, yeah. He's like like our age, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, he took the audition and then again, I got the job. Um, and that was January, 2009. And then, then I went back into Matthew Bourne's company after that job, uh, for the rest of two in 2009 and did another show that wasn't commercial. And then did the X Factor tour again in 2010. And then, then it started sort of like trickling in. And then Paul Roberts asked me if I was free for a job, which I did. And then it's, and then, yeah, it, it was just a little bit. So but by that time, I guess you'd already experienced the, I want to say the full four avenues, but maybe that's not the right thing to say, but you'd already experienced the cruise, you'd experienced the musical, you'd experienced commercial world and you'd experienced company work. Yeah. So you, you'd been exposed to all the different, I yes. guess, sources of income as a dancer you know like yeah did you know straight away which one fulfilled you more well yeah because i mean i i got given like i don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing but in regards to like the commercial world i got given like the crown jewel straight away like which is a tour isn't it so yeah it was like oh, we're getting put up in hotels, we've got a tour bus, like, mm -hmm. uh, we've got catering, we've got all of these things that I'd just come from a, a tour with a company where we had to find our own digs, you know, there was no catering, there was none of that, we did our own travel, so it was like, okay, that's an easier life, and mm -hmm. it's more fun, and the crowds are a lot more exciting, and all of that, so, yeah, so f from that first commercial job I the the young inexperienced me was like you know a little bit yeah. blinded by the glitz and glamour of that of course um treated like a treated like a superstar yeah exactly exactly um so yeah but I'd say I my first commercial job was 2009 and I didn't really say I was a commercial dancer until 2011 so it was like a two-year sort of phasing in period. you were yeah. hybrid yeah <laughs> hybrid and yeah 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 that's dope I, I think that's so amazing that you got to experience all those different i guess genres of work within such a short amount of time and still being so young you yeah know? i was very lucky very lucky back then yeah because I, I for me i i mean I'm, I'm not technical really whatsoever so a lot of them weren't even an option and i can't sing and act so they weren't an option but they were a write-off from the get-go for me you know like i'd already written off so many things that i probably closed so many doors before i got there mm. before even thinking about trying it so the fact that you got to i guess expose yourself in all these different worlds i guess by the time that you come say 2012 or 2011 and you are a commercial dancer you've gained so many different skills and knowledge from different areas that you have things to pull from you know yeah yeah, would you, if you was to go back and talk to yourself, would you tell yourself not to have closed those doors or are you like, are you happy that you did? I would never change my journey because it's already been above yeah. and beyond. That's why I didn't say, do you regret? Yeah, That's yeah. why I was like, I didn't want to use the word regret because like... Because to be honest, like uh, me at 16 saying I wanted to be a dancer, if I could imagine myself at 30 having this, this time, like, pfft, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have cried my eyes out with joy. Like yeah. I would never have believed you. Yeah. Um, you know, essentially in my brain, I did the impossible. Yeah. And what everyone told me would, was impossible because where I'm from this, my dream and my goal was impossible. And I la I found it funny that you'd said to write, um, to, 
Aaron Sillis, I want to be you. Because when I was younger, I said to Glenn Ball, I want to be you. And, you know, it wasn't even like I want to nice. do your jobs. I was like, I, I just want to be you. I'm sure yeah. fat and ginger, but how do I be six foot tall and handsome? <laughs> yeah, how do I be like the 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 perfect jawline? Yeah, like, and, and that, that was my goal. As it, like, it wasn't even to be like the best dancer or to do this. It was like, I want to do what he does. And mm. everything he did, I was like, I was... It like it blew my mind. I'd be like, mm. oh, that's his job. Like, yeah. and I saw the lifestyle that he lived, and I would always yeah. be like, I want to live that lifestyle. Mm. You know, it wasn't even so much the the specific jobs which would drew me in. It was like I want to feel how he looks like he feels. You know, yeah. Like there was such a confidence about him, and he was so. He taught me a, well. He judged me at competitions, and he really kind of mentored me for the very beginning period of my career. Like he got me my first few jobs. Yeah. The first three jobs he gave me and the second one was a tour. You know, I was 18 and I did it with Jeanette, Fiona and Pete Francis, who nice. were all 10 years older than me. So yeah. like for me, it was like, I just want to do what he does. And there's something that's really dope about that. Right. Because it's a yeah. now you look back it's, and it's so naive of us because it wasn't even I want to learn the skills that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to be able to. Yeah, exactly. It's just I want to be you. I, I want to be you. Like I didn't ask, I didn't ask how he trained. I didn't ask what, like, you know, what advice he had. All I said is I want to be you. And then I messaged him and be like, how do I lose weight? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Cause I was chubs, like stuff like that. So, I mean, if you I were would... chubs, you were chubs like before anyone ever saw you. Cause I never, ever saw you chubby. Like even all those years ago. Yes, yeah, Cause I didn't work ripped. when I was chubby. So no one knew me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Glenn Ball's brilliant. I, he's, funny he he had such um his career was crazy because it was like i feel like he started working when he was like, like a baby yeah 16 years old yeah. and had done like all of those things and become a choreographer and, and all of that stuff by the time he was like 26 yeah it was yeah. bought a know, house you know everything by like such a young age yeah. he kind of he'd, he'd done the achieved the goal yeah he did it and like yeah so young he did mm. it so young he's actually I think he's only a year or two older than me, but I look at him, but he, like, obviously he's been, he was in the industry, like so three generations before me. us. Yeah. You know, no. Yeah. So he was mine. He was my go-to, but I wouldn't, all I would, if I, if I could go back and say to myself, I'd just be like, learn more, you know, expose right. yourself to more skills. Yeah. Cause, cause I wasn't, cause I didn't like technical stuff. I didn't like ballet cause I didn't like the music. Yeah, like I'm, I'm very music ba music driven more than mm -hmm. movement driven. You know, for me, it's more yeah. about the song choices than the the movement. Um, yeah. So I didn't enjoy the ballet music. It was like I was like, this is putting me to sleep at nine a.m. every morning. This isn't waking me up. This isn't getting me excited to jump or whatever. Um, yeah. And dance to me is about feeling a certain way. It's about feeling cool and comfortable. Yeah. And for me, all the technical aspects of dance, where they put me in a leotard or tights and. Yeah. There's no feeling I, cool. There, there's no there? feeling cool. So I really struggled to to attach on to wanting to be good at it because yeah. I already had the resentment of this doesn't make me feel a specific way. Mm. You know, whereas when I would put on my, my baggy clothes and dance to Justin Timberlake, I felt cool because it was what Glenn Ball did. It was what yeah. Justin Timberlake does. It was the people that I thought were cool doing it. So yeah. maybe if I had had some people to look up to who did that, that I thought were cool, then maybe it would have been a different thing. And that's why I think now is such a different time to when we were growing up because we can find the people who 
wear tights and stuff that we find are cool because everyone is so accessible. Yes. Whereas then we had, there was, I didn't know a man which wore tights and was cool. Do mm. you know what I mean? There was no one to relate to. My ballet yeah. teacher, who was a female, who I can't, I couldn't relate to her. So there was no way of making it a cool thing. So I never tried. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, a, am not trying this. I'm going to conserve my energy for the shit that I really want to do. So that's yeah. what I would, if I could go back, that's what I would change. Right. Okay. Because I think, you know, I've had a great experience up until now with the skills I have. Imagine I had more. Yeah. 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 Totally. You know, totally. that would be the game changer. Um, do you have any like moments in your career which really stand out as like pinnacle moments? Yeah. Um, it's a good question because usually like when you're teaching, they say, what's your been your favorite job? But yeah, and well, that's, that's why the, I never asked favorite. I think people. that's a much better question. Yeah, I've got a few, but I don't know. It's weird, like I've got moments that I've been like proudest of. Mm. Pinnacle, oh God. It, Like that moment that stands out to you where you thought, shit, like I've made it or I'm doing what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, I've had a few. So when, um, God, it's always awkward. I don't want to like, to, it's like, no, brag about like, yourself. I'm bragging, you're not, yeah. No, you're not bragging. <laughs> um, the first, I, I, I think when I, when I was, did Wicked, um, yeah. And I played uh, Chistery and I had all my f uh, family came to watch and some of my childhood friends and like just the end bow, like there's the, like an ensemble bow, then there's like Chistery and another male ensemble that comes forward and take a second bow and Chistery takes the, the, his, how, the how, you know, the face off. And yeah. I did that and I saw them all and that was like a wow. And actually yeah. my nana and granddad came to see that. And that was like um, the only thing that they've ever, you know, then they both passed away not too much longer after that. So the fact that I, they got to see that was amazing. That's dope. Um, when, I, when I played Dorian in Dorian Gray, so I was mm. like before, at, before the show started, I was, the show starts and it's, um, but basically the set is like just one big turntable in the middle. So there's like a big, big like square set. And then in the middle, there's this big turntable. Mm -hmm. And this, and it starts with Dorian in the bed and the bed turns round. And I was just lying in the bed, like after the uh, beginner's call. And I was like, I had that moment of like, you're about to play a principal role for Matthew Bond's company. Like, I was like, what? And then I just, I remember that's I was always bricking it every time in that bed. So that was pinnacle, like having that thought. Yeah. But that was like a this is what I'm just about to go and do. So it wasn't like a relief feeling pinnacle. It was like a this is big, don't mess this up. Yeah. Pinnacle moment. And then like countless artist performances where you've got to like 
sit back and take in the crowd because you know like when you do tv and stuff like that for me that's not that like without sounding ungrateful like it's hard to find enjoyment in that because there's so much pressure and you've you've got all this moment riding on like three minutes and then it's yeah. and you always come out of a tv and you think what just happened like it goes so fast didn't go wrong that's all you to care about isn't it i didn't go wrong thank god um whereas when you do like arena and like perform in a stadium if it's if it's a long set and then you get a moment during that set to like just be there and just soak everything up yeah it's amazing so i've had i think i've had like three moments of that pinnacle feeling of but i I don't know if i'm i don't know if that's me if if that's the right way of if if that's the right word but just feeling of like wow yeah i'm so lucky to be here right now and be in the moment because you're rarely in the moment when you're dancing are you You, i don't know i I felt like okay so for me personally i was always so not like i wasn't enjoying it but like i would enjoy a tour because you get to do it all the time so you're not worrying about the choreography but even in that tour say if it was a body breaker like little mix like i'm just trying to get through the show and then the last two numbers i'm enjoying because i've got through the show my body's still in one piece and i can just like enjoy the crowd now and it's those like hype numbers mm-hmm. um I, I, th- I think like the paralympics was in was ridiculous yeah but I've, I've never done like an olympics or the paralympics but that's what something which i always think that's a like a monumental moment yeah for the world not just for that artist you know yeah it was that was that was ridiculous um because that was basically like being like vvips to a cold play concert because it was all it was just a cold play concert and then we would perform in different songs of theirs throughout this concert of theirs mm. uh, but then when we weren't in it like when we weren't doing those numbers we were like part of the the crew basically like just and then just sitting there watching them and then when you got your part okay guys you need to get ready for this bit and then you'd go and yeah it was weird yeah it was weird the, when you said earlier like when you're dancing you're not really in the moment i, I feel like I feel like the thing is we're so in the moment that we're not actually considering how we feel because we're so yeah. in the moment that we're 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 so, like, <gasps> we're so present with that time you've not got time to take anything in you're mm. so present with what you're doing like th- does that make sense that that's yeah. that's how it is for me it's kind of like it goes in such a flash that I go into this like tunnel vision and if yeah. you ask me uh well the lighting was like or if you ask me a detail I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I was just doing yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then there, those odd few moments where I have, like, in my memory, where I come out of that state on stage. Like, I'll never forget doing Nicole. We are in Malta, and there was a moment where we come to the edge of the stage, and I came out of my focused mode, and I kind of took in the audience, and I remember all the, like, people at the front had, like, a Nicole sign saying, we love you, Nicole, and they were waving at me, not Nicole. And I always like those little moments like stand mm. out where I detach as the dancer 
and I'd be yeah. a human for a second. I go, wow. Yeah. And then I go back in. But on live TV, you don't have time for that detach. No, you, 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 I mean? you barely breathe. You, 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 you feel like you do that, do the routine, and then as soon as it finishes, you're like, and yeah. then you're like, okay, how did that go? Yeah, and especially and you go back and you ask the choreographer, was it all right? Like, so obviously watched on the monitor and they're like, yeah, great. Yeah. And then with TV, it's always that, um, that anti-climax for me. Yeah. Like, it's like you rehearse for two days for those three minutes. Yeah. That one number that you do or whatever. And you, yeah. go and you bang it out and you leave and you're like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. And then you get, on the, you, get, you get in the tube get on the tube, go home, and you're like... Yeah, if you're really lucky, you've got an ad lead, but that's very rare nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe on the odd, odd few occasions. Back then, before Dancers Network. Yeah. And it does make you me... That's what I kind of enjoy doing jobs. Like, I love doing spot dates because it's always exciting and it's always like yeah. that what-if factor. And I kind of mm -hmm. thrive and thrill in that what-if factor. Yeah. Or do I know it? Do I know it? Do I know it? That excites me. Whereas when you've done a show or say you're doing a show for a longer period of time where you do 10 shows, you don't have that stress factor of what is it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Which is yeah. probably nicer because I, I imagine we probably execute things much nicer because yeah. we're less stressed, but yeah. it's less adrenaline for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, there is less adrenaline, but yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. It's um, but when when it's that there's there's something crazy about that festival or that stadium out. It's that outdoor crowd, isn't it? That's like yeah. there's something just. Have you ever had that moment where you get there and you like? I've had it on quite a few occasions, but the ones that really stand out to me. One wasn't even a job; it was UK stand up. Um, but it was the first time that like my peers had seen me dance, and it wasn't on a job, so that was right. more terrifying because. I'd worked so much at the beginning of my career. Like those first two years were so intense work-wise, but no one had actually seen me dance off a job. Right. You know what I mean? So it was yeah, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. dancing in front of a, a hundred dancers. So I was terrified. But yeah. for Alexandra Burke, when we did Help the Heroes at Twickenham, and that was like my dream job. Like I wanted to be a bad boy. I was like, I want to be a, oh, yeah. I want to be a bad boy. Was that, the same, was that the same gig when... Christina had dancers as well. Was that the same gig that Christina Aguilera had dancers? I don't know. I just know it's Help, Help the anyway. Heroes 2010 or something like right, that. Right, okay. And yeah. we stood there like this right at the beginning and she's doing a speech. And I remember the entire time standing there looking at the audience going, yo, this is dope. And then all of a sudden my brain, like the music went like, come on, bad boys. And my brain went, what the fuck is the first step? I've like, had that. I've like, had that. And I'm going, I don't know what it is. And you, you can't look and ask anyone because there's 60,000 people watching you. And you're like, what's the first step? And then all of a sudden your body just starts doing it. And you're like, oh my goodness, what's, I've lost, someone's in control of me. Like, yo, that feeling is the most terrifying feeling in the world. Uh, for yeah, me. I've, I've had that. And I had that on um, Leona Lewis, uh, Red or Black. Is it, was it Red or Black? Um, uh, we did this number and it was great. Like there was briefcases and all sorts of like stuff going on. Like this number was like, just throw everything at this number. There was no like, yeah. you know, in that creative room, it was like that dance meeting. What if we do this? Yeah. Do that. What if we do this? Yeah. We'll do that as well. What about this? Yeah. 
everything anyway, got a yes. <laughs> yeah, everything got a yes. And then we're, um, there's this sort of slow bit and I think we're on the floor and we're doing something. And then there's this transition which goes into like the big dance break, which is like the sort of crescendo of the performance. And like in this slow bit, I'm going, oh, I don't know the first, like, I don't know the first step of the dance break. And you know, like, as, but as we're in this choreography and then we're moving and then just so, somehow, like you say, the body just did it. But then all the way through that dance break, I was like, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next? For, honestly, for me, it's the most terrifying thing, but that's, it's so strange because I also thrive on that. Ooh, nervous. Mm. Do I know it? Like that excites me. Most people yeah. get stressed and I go, oh, oh, oh. like if I don't know it now, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Like, let's see what happens. Like it's that test, you know, I love yeah. the test. But then as soon as I get to that, oh, actually I, I don't know it. That it's the, such the minor difference of feeling, but it's a game changer for me. I go from being really excited to absolutely petrified. Yeah, yeah. It's because you're like this. It's like you, you've got that game face and then your game face just goes to... Yeah, like, to have I just oh, shit myself face. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No. For me, those moments, they're, they always stand out, but they're terrifying. Mm. I, think, I think I do have like... It's hard because, you know, when you say like those standout moments, I feel like I do because I've been so lucky and I've had some amazing jobs. It does the other jobs injustice because there's been so many. But I think pretty much every commercial dancer, our generation, their goal was to dance for Kylie. Mm. I feel like that was that was the goal. And you've done it. Yeah. And I've done it. So I feel like. Glastonbury last year for me was sort of like a I feel like because I was not not like not wanting to dance anymore but it it i was like oh i still love this yeah i still love it so yeah because she's i know she's australian but she's like our biggest artist yeah 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 so that's probably like if if i like pinnacle in a commercial sense like that i think it is my pinnacle like Kylie at Glastonbury last year. I feel yeah. like we did we did one number for her. I don't know, you've probably done the number as well, where you we carried like her letters in her name. So that was like basically the numbers. Like you just walk the stage. Yeah, yeah. Was it to um uh Bro, I don't did know. That. All all the songs to me sound exactly the same. They all have the same BPM. <laughs> like <laughs> they all have the same intro. The only time I know the difference is if someone shows me the first step or when she sings a lyric. But until that moment, I'm like, this could be any song. I don't know. <laughs> and, that, and that's how I used to feel I used to go to Tobias and Anders and be like what number is this and they were like this one I'd be like show me the first move and they show me I'd be like cool I know where I'm going because I couldn't ever, they all have that same kind of BPM at the beginning where you're like her, her, like her old classics yeah yeah, yeah like, like the old just, ones yeah like, I'm always a bit like could be anything what is yeah. it someone, someone give me a give me the first letter of the word and I'll get it like yeah um, but with her we just carried like her letters and I had K and I remember walking around like Singapore, you know what I mean? In front of this huge, beautiful backdrop. And in my brain, my brain's going, K's for Kane. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nice. Like, like K's nice. Like, this is for Kane. <laughs> like, I, had, and I, remember, I had Y. <laughs> nice. I was like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? And I, I remember thinking K's for Kane. And there was another moment where we just, like one of the numbers, we just walked down to like the, I guess down the B stage. Um, and we're walking down and I'm walking going, in my brain, I'm Kane Silver this is sick <laughs> like you know like really taking in the moment yeah 
I, was like, I feel like all her gigs you can take in the moment. Yeah. Because was it Ashley Wallen who did yeah. your choreo? Yeah, because he's he's like he's so good at those like stop points. He he's, he doesn't feel like he yeah, has yeah. to throw in everything, does he? He's like there doesn't need to be a thousand moves. Yeah. So there's there are those moments that you can just be like Yeah, he utilizes stillness really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where there doesn't need to be like twenty thousand dancers all doing shitloads of steps to make yeah. it look appealing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was it is definitely one of those ones. That that was a big tick off the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Um, do you have? I'm sure you have jobs where you go, "Why am I here? I despise this moment." And you don't have to say them if you don't want to. But what? Uh, I guess do you have a a frame of mind that you go to to get you through it? Because I feel like those that's the thing as dancers that we never talk about, right? We never jobs talk about the jobs that we hate because we only want to talk about the good shit. But the reality yeah. is we all do those jobs that we hate. We all yeah. do those jobs where, where we feel uncomfortable or we don't like the choreography or the choreographer. Mm -hmm. And we never get taught about how to get through it. Everyone just goes, just be professional. And it's yeah. like, well, it's, when it's something, granted, this is our job. Yeah, so of mm -hmm. course you've got to be professional. And if it was in Iceland and you didn't like a colleague, you still have to get on with your job, right? Yeah. Or if you didn't like how something was done, you still have to get on with the job. But the hard thing about this is it's also our love. Yeah. It's our biggest passion mm. and our job. So mm. it's really hard to not show your emotion when it comes to work for dance, I believe. You know what I mean? Do you have yeah. something that you you have a go-to to get through it? Um. Ah, uh, I feel like, yeah, if, if, if it's something that I'm not enjoying and not investing in, I'm just mute and yeah. like, I'll go in, do it and then just leave straight away. Whereas I, that's a, yeah, it's a tough one really. I'd, luckily, I don't think I've done many jobs in my career that I've hated. Mm. or that I've not enjoyed like most like I've been lucky with who I've worked for mm. um I have had one job that I despised um but that was a mixture of different things like just going wrong not going wrong but just like an accumulative thing amount of things like one it was in Westfield in Stratford um two we were dressed up as cheerleaders like I bet you look great oh it was like me jamie karitsis james collins jaron like just i feel like yeah it was it was a a horrible job where we were getting like just heckled by just groups of lads and we dressed like in westfields what, as well it, it was like I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, what am I doing? Like, I don't need the money this much to like <laughs> be putting myself through this. And we all felt that way on that day. So yeah. there, there's like, there's, I've, yes. But again, that was for a job that I, I loved the creative director and I loved the choreographer. Like, and you were with good peeps on that job. Exactly. So it's with good people, but the, no amount of good people could have like, no, because I can imagine Softens that blow. I, I can imagine the crowd leaving JD Sports and seeing you dressed as cheerleaders and thinking, this'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at that bunch of absolute Did yeah, you ever so... do um, 
the 2020 cricket? I didn't know. Oh, bro. That was the ultimate heckle job. It was the worst. So essentially we were cheerleaders, you know, so right. every time someone got a point and we, there was like four stands around the thing. And it was always like me, Nick Gilligan, Patman, like all the kind of, not breakers, but people which could... Guys, that could, dancers that can do tricks, yeah. We were classed as like the breakers, but essentially none of us were. And uh, we had Lewis Bundy do it once. Do you remember Lewis? He used to have big curly hair, always took class of pineapple. Like doesn't dance anymore. Oh, um, does he, has he still got a big afro? Probably. I don't know. He doesn't dance now. He's like a PT okay. or something. Okay. But he always used to be in like Jimmy Williams class at Pineapple. Right, and okay. Taylor's. Like in like, and I think he did X Factor as well, like 2010 or something like that or 11. But so he, he did one as well. And bro, they were the toughest crowds ever because they're there to watch cricket and when it's 2020 cricket it's just a drink fest yeah like yeah yeah summer, no one's even yeah. there to, no one's there to even really watch cricket they just go there right. and get pissed and it's like they all play drinking games because it's so quick there's yeah. so many points accumulated so fast so everyone's playing drinking games in the crowd that you can see and we just got abused from beginning to end you'll get on stage and you'll be like i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna do a backflip and they're just shouting pure abuse at you the entire time and you're just like i've got this for three hours what like it's horrendous so i was like i remember doing it and we were all feeling a bit like defeated mm. you know like all of our best shit that in any other scenario in a party in a club people would be going nuts yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're finding not ways. impressed by anything no finding weight like one time i backflipped off the stage thinking that'll get them no pure abuse started calling me gymnast gay boy like all this stuff like <laughs> and you know you're just like wow like they're not even taking the stuff which i don't even use like pure abuse so i was like we need to convert them guys we need to change our tactics we need to make them laugh we need to be part of the joke. So I remember getting Lewis Bundy because he had big, massive afro <laughs> here, turning him up. So I was like, plank, go really stiff. And I grabbed his feet and I pretended to mop the stage with his head. And bro, they're changing them. They were going, mop, head, mop, head, mop, head. And every time we got, like, someone got a point, they'd be like, grab the mop. Like, bro, <laughs> sick. But it, it, that, that job was for us the, why am I here? Yeah. And we had to, we, and when you do it, you do like 10 gigs throughout the summer. Mm. So, you know, you're like, oh, this is day two. Mm. <laughs> nice. That was the one for us. Painful. Yeah. And by the way, when I said cheerleaders, I didn't mean male cheerleaders. We were dressed as female cheerleaders. Shut no, we had blonde wigs, <laughs> lipstick, skirts. That's what I'm saying. Like, crop top. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't find out until we were doing the job. See, so okay, so here's the. How do you I, I feel like that's bad form. I feel like you should always know what you're what signing you're up for, especially if it's something like that, because something like that um, could be cast so perfectly that there's so many great dancers that'd be like, yes, let's do that. And they'd be way better at it than us guys that feel uncomfortable. Feel uncomfortable. So you're not going to thrive. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's that. So yeah, gone. That that's what I was gonna say. So you know, like uh I don't know if it still happens, but it did used to happen a lot and be like, Are you available for this job? And you'd be like, What is it? We can't tell you. And I was like, Well, I don't know then. Like, I don't know if I'm available. Mm. And they're like, Well, we, we it's confidential, we can't tell you what the job is. And it's like, but you wouldn't be like to a builder 
can you come and build something? And they'd be like, what am I building? And you'd be like, mm, I'll tell you when you get there. Mm. Can't tell you. Could be conservatory, could be a wall, could be mm. another house. You know what I mean? And that, that was something which really I never quite understood with our industry, why that happened. I understand that it's confidentiality. But if you're asking me if I'm available for a job, mm. surely I need to know what the job is. And I, yeah. it's the same thing. I guess if you were told what the job was beforehand, maybe it would have changed your perspective on whether you took the job. Wouldn't have done it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been like, thank you, but I think you can get someone that would appreciate this job and be way better at it than me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, I, I, do, I don't know if that still happens. It doesn't happen so much now. And I remember um, uh, Dancers Network, they have this, was it, is it, um, I want to say, is it the black box or something like yeah, that? Yeah. They have this, and I remember it was, uh, Richie, Leanne Hodgson, um, someone else, and they were talking with, I think it was, uh, it was Roy and... Um, Royston, did you say? Yeah, and... Okay. Sorry, bro, your signal's gone a bit funny. Aisha and has it. There you go, sorry. It was Still there? Royston. Yeah, you're back. It was Royston, Aisha... Yeah, yeah, it's safe. And then Lodge and I think Richie. And I think there was a couple of other people there as well. But I remember that was the topic of conversation. And it was like, um, we should know. And, and then Royston was like, but as your agent, you should trust me that I wouldn't make you do anything in, you know, that. And then Richie was like, yeah, but so you're asking me to trust you, but you're not willing to trust me with the information thinking that I'm like, it was, it was one of those things that if you're, if you're with an agency, surely there should be like a, a clause, like a contract when you sign with that agency that is like confidential, like if everything between a, you, yeah. a, an agent should be able to know that if I'm telling you, are you free for this job? This is what it is. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. They should hopefully have trust in us that, okay. Well, or that just needs to be put on the bottom of every email. Yeah, exactly. This, the, yeah, this is like sign an end. Like, here's what the job is. NDA, like yeah. straight away. It, I totally agree with that because um, it didn't happen to me much, but on a couple of occasions, I ended up doing a job that I was like, if I'd have known what it was, I don't know if I'd have. Yeah. Well, for me, it was in, it was never an issue as in like I got to the job and it was a crap job. It would be like two jobs come in at the same time and neither are willing to tell you what it is. So you just have to go with your guess and you yeah. might end up doing the one that maybe you didn't want to do. That mm. You would have preferred the other one, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Not necessarily that I was a female cheerleader, but, you know, yeah, that was the thing. Um, obviously, recently you've kind of broke into the choreography world. How did that go about? Because I feel like that's a that's another transition that dancers love would love to make, but it's there's no clear path. Yeah, um, there isn't a clear path, and it's actually really hard. And it's something that I've I, I've always said I wanted to do, um, but was always scared of like putting it out there. And one sec, bro, your your Wi-Fi is going a bit cray. Yes, you're back. 
I don't know what the last thing you heard was, but I basically was saying I've it's something that just sort of happened. I was I've been an assistant to lots of people for quite a while. Um, luckily, like I've assisted Beth, Nikki, um, Paul Roberts, uh, Black Skull, Christian Storm, Dougie. Like I've 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 been lucky in that respect. And then. Um, choreography it was actually just something I think the first proper choreography gig that I had was through Paul Mm -hmm. and it was a tv show that he was working on and he just asked me but it was like a singing show so it was like I feel like it was um a test the water thing like I'm not throwing me in like a crazy dance choreography thing but and then that just happened and again that was like a one job in that one year that I was a choreographer for and then I'd be back dancing and or assisting and stuff like that. I assisted Nikki loads and then um Nikki actually that same year asked me if I was available for a job when she was with Mass Movement and again it was another singing show mm-hmm. um that I was a, then a choreographer for but again it was a sort of not really dance choreography just staging and choir staging and all of that. And then last year, Beth just asked me um, if I was available to choreograph The Mass Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that's just, it just happened. And I, I did it. I, it was me and Dean Lee. Uh, we did it together. And we think it went well. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then after that, I signed officially with Dancers Inc. as a choreographer. And yeah, and then things uh, just happened from there, really. But it's slow. It's still slow. Am I going? No, no, you're you're good. It's it's touching a little bit, but um, sorry, the internet in this house is bad. Um, it's it's just it's it's slow, but it's it's happening. It was one of those things that it was it was funny because I. A friend of mine asked me what I was going to do after dancing and she was a dancer and I was almost offended by it. I was like, I'm going to be a choreographer. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, and then I was like, actually, I've not actually said to anyone that I'm going to be a choreographer. I've not posted choreography videos. I've not done anything. I was like, why would anyone even know that that's what I wanted to do? So that's why I was saying way back earlier in our conversation that as a dancer, I was so like forward and like, go get it. Mm-hmm. And with a choreographer, I don't know, it's because you've had a career, you have that, people know who you are. It's about being like, I don't want to be, I I, I'm scared of like, I don't know, people judging me or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, uh, or being like, well, what makes him a choreographer, I guess. Yeah. Because I'd never seen much of your choreography or choreography work until like the past few months where you've really been like putting out videos since you've been teaching more. Yeah, like teaching videos. Yeah. yeah. And then even like I knew you're a great dancer, but then even seeing your movement, I was like, yo, that's that's really nice. Thank you. Know, you like, and, 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 and I guess for people like myself who would go, oh, he, I didn't know he choreographs. Like we, mm. no one would know. And that's what's crazy about our industry, right? Is sometimes that until you show people, they would never know that. Yeah, yeah. So then I, I basically had to just sort of like check myself. I was like, why would people know? Like start putting stuff out. Even it was just, it was, it, 
it's too too I was too scared of people thinking that it was can I swear no I won't swear yeah, but it wasn't can. very good that it, that do you know what I mean that it was shit but yeah very nice it, I was and I was more scared of people disliking it than I was of people liking it do you know what I mean yeah it, it, uh, that's not the right um way of phrasing it I was I was more worried about people thinking negative than like oh what if they think positive like yeah yeah, and it's because you're perceived so well as a dancer. I guess you don't want to be seen in any other light as good. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah. Because if you look at your performing experience, you know, as yeah. a on as we look at it on a piece of paper, it's, it's pretty friggin' fantastic. You know, yeah, like, it's, it's it's yeah. I've been I've had a a good run. Yeah, and I, yeah. All, I feel like it's always the fear of not living up to the expectation. Yeah, that's what we fear. You know, totally. I always totally. think when I see younger dancers, they're far more courageous than we are. Yeah, and you know, and I feel like it's because maybe they've got less to lose. Lose, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. So, so I've I've been trying to, and that was even that was even with like I never wanted to have an open class because I was like, but because then people in the industry are going to start seeing it. Whereas I was like, I was comfortable in my college teaching classes because i keep that like private and i feel like college training is a little bit more sort of pressure yeah yeah. and um so yeah i was always nervous and then uh, the ego in me was like i also don't want to start an open class because what if no one turns up and then i had to check myself again and just be like just do it yeah just do it yeah no it's dope man it's nice to see you uh again achieving what you really want to achieve you know i know you say the choreography thing's a slow process at the moment but at the same time so is dance mm. work in general there is yeah. none <laughs> it's yeah exactly, exactly. You know, there's, it, there's not a lot of it going around what, what are you going to choreograph if there's nothing yeah. choreographed yeah you know but no know. man it, it's dope we're getting there we're getting there we are um i got a question for you that i like to ask people and i did <laughs> i did a podcast yesterday with pop and pete and i forgot to ask him and i'm really gutted because his answer i would have been really intrigued um but if aliens came down from another planet and they've got this gun and they're like if you don't give me the perfect answer yeah i'm gonna shoot you and it's gonna blow the world up uh you've got they that you've got to give them the best answer and it can be anyone or any form of dance there's no right or wrong but you have to give them your representation of a dancer and i only don't say a specific style because it's you know Dance is so broad. So if they say, "Give me a dancer," who are you giving them? Alive, alive, or or just in history, they, live or they, dead? They've already got the dead ones. Oh, so it's someone alive right yeah. now. Yeah, they've already got the oh, dead folk. Jesus. Um. Ooh. Oh my god. Yeah, it's tough, right? But it really makes you think about where you're gonna go with it. And a live dancer right now. Mm. They can be old, but they've still got to be alive. Okay. Oh God, I, I've got no idea. Um, okay. I'm gonna give them Savion Glover. I don't know who that is, but I'm going to Google him now after this. He's a tap dancer. 
Okay. Um, because, and do, do, do you need a, an explanation for that? No, or? but I want it because you've got one. Okay, so I don't feel like in any... Oh, is that a bad choice that I've just done? Should I have given them someone like Bruchnikov? No, it's too late. Carlos Acosta, it's too late. Um, Because I think that in there's there's not like a best hip hop dancer in the world. There's not a best commercial dancer in the world. There's not a best ballet dancer in the world. Although there sometimes is. Whereas Tap, he was like known as the best tap dancer in the world. So if I can just give them the best, at least in one specific genre, because yeah. I don't believe that there's a best lyrical or contemporary or... Because everything's going to be preference-based. Everything's preference-based, but I feel like he was known as the greatest tap dancer. Basically, he's the feet of happy feet. Oh, okay. Savion Glover. Yeah. Dope. I'm going to go and watch some uh, footage of him now. And then my last question is, what advice would you give to a dancer that is maybe in dance training or struggling to break into the dance industry? Um be open to everything and just work your ass off nice uh work 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 yeah because the more you're open to the more opportunities you're going to get facts 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 mate this has been an absolute pleasure yeah i've I've really enjoyed this pal sorry about my connection towards the end no no worries at all thank you very much for your your time is very nice to see your face and not your legs riding around on a bicycle. And, and we, uh, we will work out when we can go on a, a bike ride probably yeah, we, next summer. Yeah. Well, I'm not going out in the rain, mate. There's no, no me either. I'm not falling off it for no one, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll definitely get it in soon. Um, thank you so much, bro. And uh, plug your class while you're here. You teach on a th- Monday, Monday. <laughs> Yeah, Monday, 5.30 to 7 at The Hub. If you want to come hub. dance, come dance. I yeah. really, I, I, I it's not a specific style that I, that I well, stick that's what to I, every week. That's what I was going to say. You teach something different every week. That's quite scary for me. I do. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I think it's a good thing because it'll really test people's training. But for me, it's terrifying because if I think I'm going to come and get a little groove on and then you've got me lifting my leg in the air i'm gonna disappoint you and everyone else in the room very much yeah i think it's bad for a numbers from a numbers perspective i feel like people like wouldn't come because they're like oh like people like you said people know what they want to go and dance Mm -hmm. but then do you think okay so here's one do you think it's better it depends on your goal as a teacher right if you're trying to put money in the pocket then it's better to give everyone what make them want. happy but essentially if you've got say 15 people that are going to improve massively in a short amount of time is that not a better advert for you as a teacher do you know what i mean than a yeah full I, class I, I put, yeah i agree and that's why i don't like teach sticking to the same style mm. um but i again it is uh, this open class for me it's not about it's it's not a money maker for me it was just it was just a uh overcoming a fear if anything Mm. and then as a teacher i always like to do different things anyway so it's one of those hopefully eventually it it will grow because right now the numbers aren't great at all but um hopefully it will grow um and people will start to then enjoy the fact of oh kind of don't really know what i'm going to get however i usually do say 
the track to what we're dancing to. So you can get like, a guess. So you get, yeah, you know that we're not going to go like full hip hop if we're dancing to quite a soft lyrical track or what, or whatever, you know. Yeah, no, I like it. And I, I really enjoy watching the, the footage that you're putting out. Thank you. Thank you, pal. I appreciate that. Creative side, not just your dancing side, if that makes sense. Yes. Man, pleasure. Thank you so it's much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, mate. My pleasure. Take care, man. One love. You too, bud. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver.